likes going to the grocery store. You have to pick up the car, head to the store, shop amongst the COVID-y masses, stand in line for hours at checkout, then drive all the way back home only to have to lug your groceries into the house. Well, what if you were able to get all your groceries delivered right to your door with savings up to 50% off of the big guys? Brian, your Thrive Market order has arrived. Thrive Market is one of the top grocery store alternatives on the market featuring hundreds of products for specific diets and lifestyles. So, you eating paleo or Whole30 or you living that keto life? Perhaps you have celiacs like yours truly and you want some gluten-free options that actually taste good. Side note, Thrive literally has one of the best gluten-free pizza crusts I've ever had. Literally have it every single week. And here's what's even better. Not only do all orders over $49 get free shipping, but members of the Brian Nichols Show audience get 20% off their first order. Plus, get one month of their Thrive membership for free. So head over to the show notes and click the link for your exclusive Thrive Market offer and start skipping the grocery store today. Can I pause for a second and, and just note that uh, we got Brian on here who's getting uh, Congressman Massey on and our typical lineup includes like homeless people that believe in Bigfoot. <laughs> Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. The Brian Nichols Show is the fastest growing liberty podcast that brings together people from all means of political thought as we seek to have meaningful conversations about the issues you care about. At The Brian Nichols Show, our goal is to leave the audience educated, enlightened, and informed. And now your host, Brian Nichols. Knock, knock, who's there? It's me again. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Happy Friday, folks. And thank you for joining us on, of course, Another fun-filled episode of The Brian Nichols Show. Today, we have returning guest, one Anna James Ziegler. Now, Anna is returning to the program today to discuss something it really dawned on me. What's going to happen if the Democrats, number one, try to run Joe Biden again in 2024? But number two, what happens if they don't? And then it's Kamala Harris. She's so unpopular. What will happen? Will the Democrats actually run Kamala Harris, or is there somebody else out there? Anna Ziegler brings all of her expertise, wisdom, and more to today's program. So, with that being said, on to the show, Anna James Ziegler here on The Brian Nichols Show. Hi, it's good to be here. Absolutely, so great to have you back. We're having a couple of technical issues, but my goodness, we're going to persevere and make this work. We've got a jerry-rigged system up here using a landline and and on the internet, but we're making it work, Anna, and telecom issues be darned. Welcome back to the program. I was I was excited to get you back on the show, and uh, we we do we're gonna have a little bit of a shorter show than normal, about fifteen minutes or so. But it's about a topic that I saw you wrote an article about, and it really it piqued my interest because it's something that's been on my mind, and it's looking at what happens if Biden's not able to finish his term, and and, and let's just say he is able to finish his term. Who's next? And looking right. at Kamala Harris. I just don't see it. I don't, and, and pretty much the Democratic voters resoundingly rejected her back at right. the the end of the primaries back in two thousand and twenty. So, I or yeah, twenty twenty. So I'm I'm just curious, you know, what's next for the Democrats? Who who is next in the event that Biden is in fact a one term president? Well, um, you know, things have gone about as poorly as I think most of us who live in reality have expected them to go since Biden and Harris took office. And, um, you know, he just, I mean, I am, I admit I am biased. I I did not vote for him. Um, I don't like his politics and I never have, but 
So I think it's hard for all of us to honestly assess how he is doing, but he does not seem to be doing well. Just physically, mentally, just the stumbles and 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 the I think that the press knows it. They're kind of going overboard to try to not mention things or just basically pretend like two plus two equals five when everyone <laughs> can see that that's not the case. Right. And so, you know, what is going to happen? I don't know. I just, with every day that passes, and especially with him, him coming off this big um, last overseas trip, he's not up to it. No. And I don't, if he, if he makes it a one full term, I will be really shocked. And I felt that way you know, two, a year ago, two years ago, and when he won the nomination, I was like, what? But, and I really felt like when we realized that the nominee was going to be him, I I knew that the VP pick would be a woman, and I think I wrote a piece way back when specifically about why it should not be Harris, because, they, I mean, did, they didn't learn anything from running Hillary Clinton against Donald Trump. I mean, that's one of the reasons why Donald Trump was president is because they ran him against Hillary Clinton. And I remember having a moment back around 2015 where I thought, are we really going to see Trump versus Hillary? And we did. And I've had the same moment where I thought, are they really going to not only nominate Biden, who is just old and and I mean, I know some some people in their late seventies, and you know, some of them are are mentally and physically they're just they're doing really well. But he is not in that category. And then they pick her, and the Democrats, like you said, they don't even like her. And so the the corner that they are painting themselves into is really interesting, and I think it's going to be just insane to watch it play out because. I do not see him making it one full term. And if he somehow does, nobody, I would assume nobody would make the case that he should run again. Yeah. And who does that leave? I mean, she is the <laughs> obvious next step. I guess that's how it usually works. And I, I just can't, I mean, when they know they might be facing like a Ron DeSantis, you're going to run him in a national campaign against her. And and I just it I mean obviously that, <laughs> that it makes me kind of giddy to think about it but <laughs> it it just it's still every day that I see her and you know she's just she's terrible she's absolutely terrible and she she really didn't get away with it in terms of her presidential campaign because it, it was just a total flop almost from the get go um, you know everybody remembers the moment that Tulsi just annihilated her on the debate stage over her, her record. I mean, when you come at her with her record, it's, it's just, there's nothing she can say. That's why she laughs. She can't. Yeah. The, the, the Joker laugh. She has the cackle. Yeah. It's she so, in, and truly, she's so inauthentic, truly. And I mean, and I don't mean yeah, to interrupt, but I mean, that, yeah. that right there is, is the number one thing that's missing from her is authenticity. I mean, with Tulsi, you can feel on the stage, and it's actually funny, I was listening to a podcast, um, I'm a big fan, I, I talk a lot about uh, Philip Stutz on the program, and Philip Stutz mm -hmm. is um, the author of The Undefeated Marketing Systems, and he's uh, very well known in, I would say, more right-leaning political circles as a marketing guru. And he was talking about how, or he was talking to a guest on his uh, his new pro uh, podcast, which is going along with his new book, and, and in the podcast, I forget the gentleman's name he interviewed, 
But in the interview, the, the gentleman he was interviewing, his job was to sit down with the different candidates during the election cycle and basically help them make their brand and make kind of their their marketing for who their, right. their identity was going to be. And he said when he sat down with Tulsi and he, he he's like, you know, what makes you you? And, and she just got so excited because she started talking about surfing and how she just loves to surf. And and right. you could just feel and you see this with Tulsi, right? There's that one video of her after I think it was that aforementioned debate you were referring to where she's in an airport with a ukulele and she's just she's just playing <laughs> along. Yeah. Right. And you can feel the, the authenticity. And then you look at Kamala and you just you can feel the exact opposite. So it has right. nothing to do with the sex of, of the person in this case, but quite literally, it just you can feel the inauthenticity that just reeks from Kamala Harris, just like it did with Hillary Clinton. There was never you know, every time you hear her talk, you can hear the, the gears turning because you're it's like, what's the best response? How should I respond? And it, it, exactly. it's, it makes yeah. the average person kind of gag a little bit. And I think we're seeing a complete rejection of that old way of kind of, well, that's just who the candidates are. That's how candidate speak is. No, people are looking for, dare I say, Anna, people who are kind of like them. Right. Well, I just, it's amazing to me, like I said, you know, you'll see it on Twitter. Somebody will ask occasionally who is worse. And it is really, it's just really amazing that they went from Hillary and they may well have found the one other politician who is, is worse in terms of, you know, being an, it's just an inauthentic shrew that, you know, nobody genuinely likes. Yeah. No, and you, you when can you feel it. <laughs> when you contrast that with, um, you know, Tulsi and, and because of their debate moment, a lot of times that's the obvious contrast, but she is truly um maybe her and like Kirsten Cinema. You know, I don't I I don't agree with their policy positions on some things, I, but they're not inauthentic and they and and you you feel like you could sit down and they would have a genuine conversation with you about yes. something and they and above all else maybe they don't seem to crave power in in just a really dangerous and in, insane way. And if you go back and you look at Harris and her and her rise in California, I mean, she thumbed her nose at a Supreme Court ruling regarding their prison system and and things that she was ordered to do as the attorney general. And just just unbelievable. I mean, she just you you, you cannot make an argument that she genuinely cares about anybody or anything other than climbing to power. Yeah, well, you said the magic word, power. And I think that right there speaks to really one of the major problems that we've seen here is that Kamala Harris will, it I would dare say, do whatever it takes, very Machiavellian of sorts, to ascend higher levels of power. I mean, there was a running joke that Ben Shapiro had during the uh, the, the campaign saying, you better have a food taster, Joe, just to be safe. And now, obviously, that's tongue-in-cheek, right? But let's be real Kamala Harris. She yeah. has shown in her history to be a very Machiavellian president or uh, candidate rather. Yeah. It's um, you know, and I, how, if she, if it's not her, I mean, if somebody is smart enough on the left to realize the situation that they are going to put themselves in, 
Uh, and, you know, and honestly, now I don't know how they would explain it away unless unless mm-hmm. somebody talks her into bowing out. But that doesn't seem likely, does it? <laughs> Knowing all that we know about her, um, she's going to make a really terrible candidate. And I don't see how they can avoid if she's not already the president by 2024. I don't see how they can avoid her being the obvious front runner. And, and why did you know they were so eager to nominate a woman who was not white. I mean, Biden said, I'm going to, I'm going to nominate a woman of color. And from that point on, you know, everybody, I kind of assumed it would be her, but until the moment it was announced, there was this part of me that thought, surely they won't do this because they will think a few years ahead to the situation this is going to put them in where they have truly one of the worst candidates they could put forward. Yeah, but he, you know, they did. That's yeah. where that's where we are now. And she just, I mean, did you see the pictures of her and the luncheon that she threw the female senators? And yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my oh. word. It, well, and I think, I think you're speaking to now. Obviously, you're more in the camp of Republican side of things, but also I see more of just your average person, they're just kind of rejecting this this narrative. And and it's more of this, I don't want to say like the woke ideology, but you have seen that this has been the appeal. And you were asking, I know you were kind of doing it tongue-in-cheek, you know, why why did they pick her? But they did that because it almost comes across of, you know, Biden said he was going to, to do it. He said he was going to pick a, a black female because that's what he wanted, like he felt that he had to do it, except it seemed like. And it's like, yeah. That that doesn't really come across as you're putting the best person in the job. And now it comes to the, the point where, to your point, Anna, she might be the front runner after, you know, Biden is not going to be able to continue forward at some point, be it, you know, yeah. during his, his tenure or after he decides to drop out. Now, he's he's said, Anna, that he's going to run again in 2024. So, I mean, right, I, right. our entire conversation might not even be important. I don't even, I can't even finish that sentence. I, there's no way that Joe Biden runs in 2024, right? Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I don't he? know. I don't, I mean, I honestly, I don't think that we, he would have made it this far had it not been for, you know, the pandemic because it gave him the perfect excuse to hide, literally hide. I mean, he, you know, I mean, we, there were so many running jokes during the campaign, but they were, I mean, they're, they were funny because they were all true. Yep. I mean, he didn't do any, you know, he didn't do anything. And of course, without the pandemic, I don't think he wins, um, you know, but that's another conversation. But I, I just, I really, I feel like the truth about his, his mental and physical state would have been apparent a lot sooner had he not had a pretty good reason, you know, supposedly to, to hide in his house and not hold events and not give many speeches. And I mean, he just, if anything is off script, you know, like we saw yesterday, he just, he's, and he's, he's not, he's not only getting older, he's not a nice guy and he never has been. I mean, he, he bit a reporter's head off yesterday. I mean, can you imagine if, if that had been Trump? Oh, the headlines would have been going nonstop about Trump attacking the press and Trump's war on the media. Jim Acosta probably would have had a segment about it, you know, at some point in time oh. to talk about how how terrifying it was and how he saw the bullets flying over his head. Yeah, I mean, you just you know, he has he has so many handlers. He has he not only has the media who is is we know they are willing to do whatever it takes. You know, he's got. Twitter, who was willing to suspend the New York Post 
for the week before the election because they criticized, you know, him and his son and suggested that that might not all be on the up and up. So he has everyone in the world helping him, you know, literally, just physically, everything. I mean, you you go back to that picture that Jill, I think, foolishly posted uh, before their, their last, this last trip to the, um, what am I trying to say, the G7. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, where she posted a picture of herself sitting at a desk and said, you know, the caption said, you know, she was getting ready. And everybody was like, what? So it's just, it's almost like everybody knows it, but nobody wants to say it. And they're just going to, I don't know how long they're going to be able to keep this up. I, I, really hope don't. Keep, I, I, mean, I hope they keep it up as long as they can, because the longer they do this, the more it ruins the, their narrative and their ability to control the narrative. Because... I, and I don't know about your circles of, of you know, influence beyond your political life, Anna, but when I'm talking to what I would dare say are normal people, um, yeah. <laughs> like they they are seeing it. They are kind of like, yeah, what is this? What, what, why? Like they're asking more questions to me and saying, yeah. has it been like this the entire time pretty much? Because they, they right. know how fervently against think, like the lockdowns I was from the beginning. And like I was, you know, I, I was facing a lot of, you know, backlash because I was not trusting the experts. I wasn't trusting the, the bureaucratic scientist establishment. And yeah. I'm like, listen, like I'm, I'm looking at people that by any other stretch of the imagination, you would also trust, I mean, you know, top epidemiologists from Stanford and, and Harvard, like what? And you're, you're questioning that you're saying they're conspiracy theorists. And now it's like, Oh, the entire narrative that has been promoted has been shown not to be true. And Oh, by the way, the, the people who were promoting it, they kind of knew that from the very beginning, but they had to keep the facade up. And I think it going full circle on it, you know, that's, that's right there where your average person, they are aware of it now. And, and before it was kind of like a, okay, yeah, the, maybe the media is a little more biased. Okay. Maybe right. right now it's like, oh, the media has a narrative. They have an agenda. It's not just, they have a bias. They have a full fledged agenda that is completely and entirely in action and things were happening so quick. I think in 2020 that it really made a lot of people aware just because the media had to keep it going at a level that they hadn't before. And now it's like, you can only get that. You can only get up to the the peak of the mountain before you go over the cliff. And now they're going over the cliff. Well, you remember, I'm sure the article that was published in time where they, after the election, where they used the word cabal, and I think about that so often um, because they basically it was almost like they wanted to brag a little bit about, you know, the success of their big plan. Um, but anyway, um, I just I mean, you're absolutely right. I think the longer he's there, the more people are going to see that um, there's a whole lot of stuff going on behind the scenes, like almost an actual weekend at Bernie's type situation. <laughs> I, I laugh because if you don't laugh, you'll cry because it's the president of the United right, States. Right. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, well, Anna, unfortunately, we are coming uh, close to time here. We're getting hard pressed. I know we had that technical issue and I have another show coming up. But with that being said, I do want to make sure we give uh, you a chance here to give any plugs. So obviously you're doing a lot of work over at the Federalist. So any recent articles we can go ahead and make sure we uh, get eyeballs to. Oh, goodness. Um, I think the last 
thing I published. Um, I'm actually headed. I'm headed back to the high school classroom in the fall to teach English. And I wrote something the other day for the um, for the first, um, um, just about paying attention to who is teaching your child literature. Um, I guess that's the last thing that I that I wrote um, because parents pay so much attention to the books that are read, and we always see articles about people wanting to ban certain novels, and we don't talk much about, um, you know, how much power a teacher has, especially at the secondary level, um, to discuss discuss things like that with kids, and, you know, their, their whole view of the world, and um, their view of, of things like communism, and the nuclear family, and um, I just basically am, am encouraging people in that article to uh, ask questions and, you know, find out who is, who is teaching your children as they age, especially. And they, rather than worry about banning books, you know, look into who is going to be discussing those books with them. Cause it's, it's something obviously I'm thinking more about, um, because it's um, about to be my job once again. Um, I was in the high school classroom about three years ago. Um, and I'm about to go back and I'm excited about it, but, um, Obviously, um, my mind still thinks politically, and so I, um, I guess I sort of um, blended all that the other day when I was writing that, um, just as a as a warning to parents. Um, so that is probably still up over at the first, um, and my my um, my page there is linked on my Twitter page. Perfect. And what's the, the social media handle again for folks who are looking to follow that? We'll include the link in the show notes, but just for the audio listener. Um, for me, correct. Yes, I am at AJ Ziegler. That is Z E I G L E R at, at Twitter. Perfect. Yeah. We'll make sure we include that in the show notes, but, uh, yeah, for you audio listener, and if you want to go ahead, give her a follow, I should be very easy to find. You have around like, what was it? 15,000 followers or so there, Anna. So yeah, look, I should be the top, uh, Anna Ziegler. You go ahead and search. So we'll go ahead. Uh, this episode should be airing here, uh, the end of June. Uh, so fingers crossed, we'll go ahead and get the uh, article, maybe the, the link to it, maybe previewed. I don't know. We'll see what happens there. Anna, but I unfortunately have to run. We have a show come up here next on the Brian Nichols show. So that being said, Anna James Ziegler, thank you so much for all the work you're doing. By the way, I had to have you back on the show at some point in time to discuss your uh, experience in the, uh, the, the public sector uh, in education. I would love to hear about that. So uh, with that being said, Anna yes. Ziegler, thank you yes. so much for uh, joining the Brian Nichols show. All right. Bye. Thanks, Brian. Have you checked out the new Brian Nichols Show collection over at Proud Libertarian? Head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash shop and you can grab some amazing Liberty swag that will definitely help pique some interest from our good ideas don't require force snapbacks, Alexa overthrow the government t-shirts, question everything mugs, and of course our ever popular don't hurt people, don't take people's stuff bumper sticker. The Brian Nichols Show shop over at Proud Libertarian has all the Liberty swag you need. And hey, if you're looking for more awesome Liberty apparel check out the rest of the amazing proud libertarian store while you're over there and be sure to use code tbns at checkout to get 10 percent off your entire order that's right 10 percent off your entire order from proud libertarian including everything over at the brian nichols show shop and all you have to use is code tbns at checkout one more time head to brian forward slash shop and check out the brand new brian nichols show store over at proud libertarian and use code tbns at checkout for 10 percent off your entire entire order. 
Alrighty, folks, that's going to wrap up my conversation today with Anna James Ziegler from The Federalist. Thank you, Anna, for joining the program. And folks, if you enjoyed the episode, you know the drill. Please go ahead and share today's episode. Make sure you go ahead and uh, tag Anna and tag yours truly at B Nichols Liberty, Twitter, Facebook, Minds.com, and yes, Parlor.com at B Nichols Liberty. Also, if you enjoyed the show, we would obviously love to hear about it. Go ahead to BrianNicholsShow.com forward slash reviews. Give us a quick five-star rating and review. Tell folks what you get out of the Brian Nichols Show. Every single episode, four episodes per week. How about that? And of course, you get a mix of what? Amazing guests from all across, what, politics, entrepreneurs, uh, you have folks, elected officials, economists, and more, of course. We talk sales, we talk marketing, we talk with candidates, and yes, we talk with activists across the board. So if you're enjoying the episode, I would love to hear about it, briannicholshow.com forward slash reviews. Also, if you want to go ahead and support The Brian Nichols Show, you can become a $5 or $10 a month Patreon subscriber, BrianNicholsShow.com. The Patreon link is there. But of course, you'll get one of these awesome don't hurt people, don't take people stuff bumper sticker. And of course, we're going to be, uh, as we are moving forward here into Q3, we are launching our mastermind group here for the Patreon. We're going to be having amazing conversations with some of the most noted sales and marketing experts, not just in the Liberty movement, but across the, the greater sales and marketing world. So strap in. We are going to be having some fantastic conversations there. Also, some very uh, exclusive Q&As. And then uh, yours truly, along with the awesome team of Chris Goizetta and Jeremy Todd, offering sales and marketing advice. All you have to do, $5 or $10 a month there over at Brian Nichols Show. Patreon link over at com. Also, folks, if you have not had the chance yet and you're like, hey, I want that awesome bumper sticker, darn it all, the don't hurt people, don't take people's stuff bumper sticker, I get it. So I'm working with Proud Libertarian and now we have an amazing Brian Nichols Show shop partnered with, yes, the amazing folks over at Proud Libertarian, com forward slash shop will bring you to the exclusive Brian Nichols show shop. And of course you can go ahead and find not just the don't hurt people. Don't take people stuff bumper sticker, but you'll find make conspiracy theories, conspiracies again, mugs, uh, life gets better t-shirts. I'm trying to go through them all. Alexa overthrow the government bumper stickers, cool mask, bro, bumper stickers, a bunch of other fun, Awesome stuff that will definitely get people talking. BrianNicholsShow.com forward slash shop. And of course, it helps peak interest, right? Which is one of the steps in the four easy steps you can implement now to help sell Liberty to, I almost forgot my own book, Liberty to Friends and Family, available at BrianNicholsShow.com forward slash Liberty Friends ebook. Yes, peaking interest is one of those steps. And you can learn the other three steps by heading over and getting this awesome free resource. Yes, I, I say that again. Free, F-R-E-E, that spells free. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Not the creditreport.com, baby. It, that, that's a throwback, though, for you old, 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 old fuddy-duddies like me. Remember those creditreport.com ones? I actually annoyed the heck out of my wife the other day singing um the, uh, they say a man should always dress for the job he wants. That one, always. Classic. So, I'm not going back into that, but Liberty is, is easily one of the easiest things that we can sell. And we can sell it by, yes, meeting people where they're at, peaking interest, 
and of course, following the four easy steps as outlined in the amazing new ebook, Four Easy Steps You Can Implement Now to Help Sell Liberty to Friends and Family. Link in the show notes, but for you audio listener, briannicholshow.com forward slash liberty friends ebook coming up here on Sunday. Kelly Carden is joining the program. Kelly is running for, and let me make sure I get his office right. He is running for, there we go, supervisor of Kent County in Oklahoma. Exciting to have a conversation specifically digging into local politics. We say all politics is local. Well, let's get super local because at the end of the day, It is your local politics that is impacting your community and, candidly, you and your family the most. So we're going to talk to Kelly why he's running for office and what a libertarian, I guess, supervisor role would look like for Kent County there in Oklahoma. So, folks, make sure you have hit that subscribe button so you are not missing that phenomenal episode here on our Sunday Candidate Highlight Series coming up here on Sunday. So with that being said, folks, it's Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Anna James Ziegler. We'll see you Sunday. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. Audio production for The Brian Nichols Show is brought to you by DB Podcast Audio. Learn more by emailing inquiries to william at dbpodaudio.com.